This is a podcast from the Business Times. Welcome to Property BT, a podcast series by the Business Times. I'm senior correspondent Leslie Yee, and I'll be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Eugene Lim, Key Executive Officer of leading property agency ERA Realty Network. Eugene has vast experience in Singapore property and is a household name in the industry. I'm delighted to have Eugene share with us tips on buying private homes amid higher interest rates. Should one buy a new home or a resale one? Or is it a wrong time to make a big-ticket buy of a home? Sigh. So many things are getting more expensive in this little red dot. Private home prices have been rising strongly since early 2020. Not only are homes much pricier these days, home buyers who use home loans have to pay much more in interest costs. The interest rate on a floating rate loan was slightly over 1% per annum in early 2022. Today, the interest rate is around 4.5% per annum for a floating rate loan. Aha! Maybe one should buy a new, uncompleted home. Indeed, the launch in late May of Integrated Leasehold Project the reserve residences in Upper Bukit Timah drew a strong response. Many bars were below 40 years old. With a new home that is sold off-plan, one pays using the Progressive Payment Scheme. Generally, the first 20% is paid fairly quickly. The next 40% follows construction milestones over possibly three years. And the last 40% is paid at and post-completion. Eugene, with high interest rates, does it make more sense to buy a new, uncompleted home because of the progressive payment scheme? Yes, in the current high interest rate environment, and especially for home buyers who do not have immediate housing needs, they are generally more inclined and more attracted to buy new projects that are under construction because they are able to leverage on the progressive payment scheme, the PPS for short. So under PPS, while the buyer may have taken a loan based on say 75% of the purchase price, the loan is actually dispersed according to the stages of completion. The pace of the construction also has the bearing on the timing of this disbursement of the loan. Actually, if you look at it in perspective, from launch day to the time that foundation is completed, it could be as long as one year. This PPS buys time for the buyer, especially for those people who are able to wait. But even if one year down the road, interest rates have not really fully adjusted back to the good old days where we are paying sub-2% interest rate for our housing loan, because the loan amount dispersed at the completion of foundation stage is only 5% of the purchase price. The other 5% is your own money. Your loan installment is very small. I think a few hundred dollars only if you're taking a $1.5 million loan. And even at the high interest rate, it is still bearable. Eugene, I suppose, yeah, all of us wonder, will we ever get back to the days of sub-2% interest rates? Forecasting where interest rates go is difficult. Of course, we do hope home loan rates will soften somewhat. As it stands, there are fixed-rate loans with lock-in periods that offer lower interest rates than floating-rate loans. If one buys a home now and only needs to draw down a loan fully in, say, two years' time, maybe interest rates then will be much lower than today. Also, a young buyer of a new home sold off-plan may enjoy good career progression. Such a buyer can be in a stronger position to fund a home loan in two years' time. However, one pays a high price for a new home. 
a new home in the suburbs could be priced at 2000 Singapore dollars per square foot or more. Buy a three-bedroom condominium unit of over 900 square feet for 2 million Singapore dollars? Sounds rather pricey. Maybe one can make valuable savings by buying a resale home. Or one can get much more space for the same absolute price with a resale home. Invest some time and effort in renovating the resale home and one may get a unit that is as good as new. Eugene, do resale homes offer better value than new homes? As resale homes cost less on a per-square-foot basis, is the financial case stronger to get a resale home? If we look at the transactions for the first six months of this year, 60% of the total private property transactions come from resale and 40% from new project sales. If you are in the market and you have more immediate housing needs, then resale homes is your only viable route. So yes, uh, resale homes in terms of per square foot is lower than the new projects that are being launched, but resale prices are also increasing. Resale market tends to follow the new project market. So for example, if you have a new project in the same vicinity that has launched at record price level, very soon you will find that the people who are selling their resale property in their area, they all start to raise their prices. It also depends on how old the resale property is. For example, something that is maybe five years old, you may not require much renovation and it's ready to move in. But these will be generally at a higher price compared to the older resale homes. Let's say I buy a 20-year-old property. Then you find that the renovations are probably dated. And in today, renovation cost is not exactly cheap anymore. You will expect to pay a significant amount of money to renovate. The completion time for a resale property is typically within three months of your securing the option for the property. Within these three months, you may not see interest rate trending downwards. The interest rate on the full loan amount kicks in. Unlike a new project where you have progressive payment scheme, there is no progressive payment scheme for resale property. So you have to pay your loan installment based on the total amount. Eugene, I suppose when buying a home, certainly it's not just the dollars and cents. As you point out, whether one needs to use a home straight away matters a lot. I guess also different people may view the opportunity of renovation positively and others may think that doing renovation works is just a huge hassle. I suppose sometimes the home buying decision also rests on the emotional attachment one feels to a particular home. Other considerations can include the quality of a development, the layout of a unit, the range of amenities, the view and so on. Then again, some of us may simply yearn for a new home because we like the touch and smell of something brand new, and we simply don't like the hassle of renovation works. Eugene, besides financial considerations which you elaborated on earlier, what are some of the important qualitative pros and cons of buying new home versus resale home? So in today's context, you are buying a very up-to-date design compared to a resale home. If you're buying new launch property, you are getting a fresh lease. Usually it's a fresh 99-year lease, so say it takes three years to construct, hand over to you, you have 96 years of lease left, long runway. But if you buy a 20-year-old property, the runway becomes shorter. So when we buy a property, it is useful to think of your exit strategy also. A newer property with a longer runway gives you more opportunities to sell probably at a higher price. The other thing to note is that if you were to say buy a new launch property and sell it within three years, then we have to pay seller stamp duty, which most people would not want to do because it, it takes away your profit. 
So when the new project is ready for occupancy at TOP stage, that's where some of the buyers may decide to cash out to capitalize on that gain. At TOP stage, actually, even if you don't do anything, just wait. We will probably be able to sell at a higher price than what you bought. In a good market, you can make probably 30, even 40%. Generally, it's not too unrealistic to expect at least a 20% gain in the three years. Also, a newer property, and especially if you buy a new project in a large development, 700 units, typically there are more resale transactions taking place when the property is up for resale. So with each successive resale transaction, you find that the price trends upwards. So it makes sense to buy a newer development and also something in a larger development. Eugene, very interesting observations. Sounds rather exciting to make at least 20% over the three years from a new project works being constructed. And I found the observation on getting a unit in a larger project because there are more resale transactions for people to benchmark so that you can you know, realise value. I think that's interesting. I must admit, I am a bit old school. I often think buying off plan can be risky. Maybe I find it hard to visualise what the final product looks like. Fortunately, in Singapore, seldom if ever do developers default and abandon projects. Moreover, developers generally deliver products to buyers on time. Still, the end product may not live up to expectations, and at times it can be difficult to get the developer to rectify defects in a new home. The key takeaway, I suppose, choose reputable developers. Some developers who are in the business for the long haul will value their reputation. By buying from good developers, one may get more peace of mind. Still to come, is it wise to hold back from buying a home given interest rates are high? The International News Media Association held its annual World Congress in May this year in New York, attracting leadership from news media companies in 50-plus countries and included a conference, workshops, study tours, and awards. Associate Editor, Product, The Business Times, Christopher Lim, attended as well. What did we learn? Find out in the latest episode of Editor's Talk. Out on July 3rd. Proudly produced by the Business Times Podcasts team. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Property BT from the Business Times. We have talked about the pros and cons of buying a new, uncompleted home versus a resale one. High interest rates that may soften soon can make buying a new home that is sold off-plan financially interesting. Also, with more time to make full payment for an uncompleted home, one can build up one's financial resources in the interim. In Singapore, workers make sizable contributions to the Central Provident Fund, or CPF. Subject to various restrictions, some CPF funds can be used to finance down payment and loan repayments for buying homes. Eugene, CPF funds in the ordinary account generally pay a lower interest rate of 2.5% versus the home loan interest rate. As such, should one use as much CPF funds as possible to fund a home buy? For those of us who contribute monthly to the CPF account, if you just do nothing, your savings will compound at a 2.5% interest rate. If we look at what's happening in Singapore uh, all this while, is that a large majority of our home buyers make use of CPF funds to fund the property purchase. And what happens when I resell the property down the road? 
CPF requires us to repay back the principal that we have taken out thus far to pay for our property. Then we also have to pay back to our own CPF account the accrued interest. Accrued interest is the interest that we would have otherwise earned if we have not touched our CPF money over this time. So you use your CPF money to fund the property purchase, sell, take profit, repay back to your own CPF account, which you can then use the money for another property purchase. You don't lose out at all. You're not paying back some money lender. So the money lender is yourself. Eugene, I think you have rightly pointed out the flexibility of being able to use some CPF funds to buy a dream home is great for many people. Still, as you mentioned, it can be good to also keep CPF funds largely untouched and enjoy the magic of the compounding effect through the years. People are living longer these days. A couple who meets the enhanced sum in retirement savings can get to receive a few thousand Singapore dollars per month under CPF life from age 65 for life. Also, if we marry later or buy a home later, it may be wise not to use too much CPF savings. The runway to rebuild the savings can be much shorter in such cases. Perhaps though, the question is not whether to use more or less CPF funds to buy a home given high interest rates. Rather, with high interest rates, does the case for buying homes in general look much less compelling? Eugene, I suppose you get asked this all the time. Is it a good time to buy or not? given interest rates are high. It all depends on your requirements and your needs. So if you need to buy a home for your own state and you need it now, then you have no choice but to enter the market now. However, for those that can wait, they always buy new projects because effectively you're leveraging on the PPS. And for those that are investors, then it makes even more sense to buy a new project because you're again leveraging on deferring that payment down the road where you're betting on the interest rate trending downwards, which would then makes your cash flow look better when the rents do come in. If you ask me when is the best time to buy a property, our answer is always anytime. If you look at the way private property prices are moving, why is it consistently trending upwards? So we look at the system of uh, land sales in Singapore. As we know it, land is sold by government through the government land sales program and is sold by open tender. When developers compete for land, they have to put in higher price than your competitor. So if you are a developer, you buy your land at high cost, you have to pay for high construction costs. You have no choice but to sell the property at high prices. What happens is that a lot of the buyers, despite the high prices today, they are biting the bullet because they know that if they don't buy now, they buy later, they will be paying higher prices. Eugene, I think you make it sound very simple. And certainly, I think it's the old saying and property of having holding power so that you're able to wait for the next peak. And historically, yes, in Singapore, prices have certainly tended to trend up over the longer term. Over here, we have a deeply ingrained home ownership culture. Close to 90% of households own their homes. Renting may be viewed as a pure expense, and rents have risen a lot in recent times. On the other hand, with servicing a home loan, one gets to own an asset that may see price grow over time. However, maybe some of the younger generation are more open to renting. No need to be tied down to funding a home, have more flexibility to pursue business ventures and other interests. Moreover, some co-living spaces targeting young adults do look rather enticing. Today, home prices are high, home loan rates are also high, and economic clouds loom. 
There's risks of losing a job and not being able to service a home loan. Eugene, is renting a viable option for people who are fearful of taking on a large home loan at this time of economic uncertainty and high interest rates? If you don't get started in property purchase investment or that, you will never start. You are right, Leslie, whatever you pay as rent is an expense. You're not putting your money in something that is helping you grow your wealth. While the lifestyle and the co-living concept looks very attractive, it is essentially an expense. So if you're not willing to commit to high outgoings due to the current high interest rate or heavy financial commitments, then buy something that you can afford. The BTO flats remains the most affordable type of housing in Singapore. I've never seen anyone who buy a brand new HDB flat and lose money. Because you buy at a subsidized price that is decoupled from the resale market. If you are Singaporean, you essentially work, live and play here. You should own something. Buy something within your means. Watch it grow in value. That's your asset enhancement. I think for young Singaporeans listening, follow the advice of a veteran like Eugene. And of course, if you want to get a BTO unit, which is a ticket to sure profitability, you do have to get married young. <laughs> Certainly, Eugene, home renters have had a tough time with many landlords jacking up rents substantially recently, forcing tenants who want to renew to move to smaller and less convenient homes. Also, some young adults who move to rented homes have gone back to living with parents because of steep home rental rates. Still, as more housing supply gets completed, maybe the home rental situation will become a bit more favourable to tenants. Buying a private home is exciting, but also risky and scary. With high interest rates, there's more to fear and be careful of. Yet high interest rates may mean the case for buying an uncompleted new home from a good developer makes sense. Getting more time to fully draw down a loan to finance a home bought under the Progressive Payment Scheme is valuable in an environment of high interest rates. Many thanks to my guest, Eugene Lim of ERA. Thank you, Leslie. And that's a wrap for this edition of Property BT. Do join us for the next episode where we look at buying homes near popular schools. Should one pay a premium to live near a popular primary school? Could Tengah be appealing with the new ACS primary? However, as population ages, maybe home buyers will value staying near healthcare facilities and not schools. I'm Leslie Yee. Thank you for listening and happy property hunting. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.